Welcome to The Inbox. On this series, we are chatting to decision makers and prospects about what their inbox looks like and how we can stand out from it. So let's crack on with this episode. You are about to hear from Rebecca Drew, who is the EMEA sales leader at Vidyard. And if you don't already follow the Vidyard leadership team, then I recommend that you do. They are all, in my opinion, way ahead of the curve in regards to best practice and prospecting. So it's really, really interesting to hear how to book a meeting with someone like Rebecca. So here's what you can expect from this episode. 8.30 is a nice time. So 8.30 to 9.00. Um, as a bit of a window that sort of 12 till two o'clock time because you know people could be taking lunch at, at any time during that and then I think really like most after five so the five till six o'clock I think anything after six um, you know can come come across as being a little bit too invasive really. So you're about to hear from someone who gets a lot of outreach from sales humans like us and like I mentioned likes to be engaged with more of a modern sales approach so thanks all for joining this episode and I'm super excited for you to hear some juicy nuggets from Rebecca so let's do this. So you're obviously a sales leader you get approached by I probably don't even want to know how many <laughs> sales people day to day but I want to know what your inbox looks like Rebecca and by inbox I don't just mean physically your Mm -hmm. gmail or outlook I mean your phone inbox your linkedin um etc etc yeah so it is very busy as you can imagine um so we're we're scaling the business here in Namia for Vidyard um and being a sales leader obviously I'm uh, I'm a target uh so lots of people are looking to, to reach out to me so I would say probably on average, I'm getting maybe sort of five to 10 on a kind of like on a, on a bad day of emails through from prospects. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so I'm getting lots of uh, lots of messages coming through directly. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's pretty busy. I'm, we also use Slack. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of communication going on internally there. So I tend to spend a lot of my time in, in Slack with the team and then um, external with, uh, with clients in the inbox um but um but yeah that's kind of what it looks like and it's yeah it's super super busy how can someone stand out and this is also a thing that I think I definitely didn't realize when I was first SDR or put into context mm-hmm. it's not just you're not just sat there waiting for SDR messages to yeah. book meetings with your day I can't imagine how busy your calendar is with meetings but also the slack channel where you're having to constantly make sure if your team are all right, you're probably hiring like every single other company at the moment. So there's all these moving parts. So how can someone, when all this stuff is going on, how can someone stand out? How do you like to be engaged? So, um, video. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I, I would say that. But um, what's interesting, um, Charlotte, is I, uh, so I actually implemented Vidyard in my previous company. Um, and we had a type, we wanted to book more meetings. We wanted to generate more revenue as most sales businesses or, or sales leaders want to do. Um, so I've had that experience of using Vidyard as a, as a client um, and the results were incredible. So when an opportunity came to, to work for Vidyard, I, I, I jumped, at the, uh, jumped at the opportunity just because I was an evangelist. Yeah. And I, you know, I, knew, I knew the platform worked, right? Um, and that really helps to have those stories. So, um, so look, for a couple of things to stand out from the crowd, um, please, please, please make it short. Okay, um, I see far too many emails, even in this day and age where, you know, it's a it's a big, long, long email. And obviously that's going to take me a while to, to read through it. Um, so keep it keep keep it short. Um, uh, I know there's this expression of show me, you know me. I think that's uh, so important. So, you know, something that is 
different like they've they've looked at my LinkedIn profile they've looked at I mean I'm, I'm very open on my LinkedIn profile like they can see what I'm passionate about they can see my background um, you know a couple of minutes of research can make a big big difference um, so I love that um, very kind of quickly get to the the value prop so you know tell me kind of like the impact the outcome of what I can get not just about what your your platform does but actually what what it can mean for my business um, so so that's that's key for me um I'd also say like omnichannel I'm a big big fan of omnichannel so you know the people who just email me constantly um don't really kind of get anywhere like if someone tries to connect with me on LinkedIn um I had an example actually today where someone had sent me an email they then connected with me on LinkedIn they then sent me a voice message on on LinkedIn and that got noticed um because you know it was it was standing out from the crowd so big big fan of omnichannel um and um, obviously use video <laughs> so whether you use Vidyard or um, any other any other um uh, company uh video really really does stand out from the crowd um and I love it whenever I get a, a video come through I almost you know because obviously we're Vidyard it just makes me want to to engage with that person uh because they've made the effort so. has anyone ever sent a video from a competitor solution um they haven't they haven't actually um but that and that's a good thing that's a good yeah. thing. um but um but it's it's funny because we you know look we we actually we just ran the video and business awards um, and there were lots of people using different platforms there so um we are pretty agnostic when it comes to, to celebrating the use of video um but um but yeah video video really does stand out from the crowd so clearly i'm biased but um it does make a difference i literally I'm probably I'm probably a bigger video fan than you actually <laughs> I am the biggest bigger video advocate ever like it's just crazy how you can just gain someone's attention so quickly with the use of a video I actually my email writing skills have gone down so much because I just do everything in video now whether it's a pre-demo message a pre-discovery email just all video how many I want to break into that you said about you like multi-channel what where's the distribution between the outreach you're getting so um so a lot of it's coming through through email um I would say of those people that send me email I would probably say less than 10 percent are actually sending me anything else through LinkedIn or trying to connect with me or sending me a message so that's quite a quite a big difference right um, and then out of that 10% that, you know, actually connect with me on LinkedIn, um, there's probably about 1% of those that are sending me videos. So it is still really a, um, a, a relatively new thing, right? And it's still fresh. It's still, um, and will be for, you know, for, 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 for many, many years yet. But, um, but it, you know, that's, that's the kind of stats that I'm seeing um, from the analysis that I've done. And so 10% are putting you into some kind of cadence or sequence where they're using multi-channel. Yeah. How many of those are actually personalized and doing the show me, you know me piece? Um, I would say that, um, I'd probably say that about 40%, to be fair, I think 40% have really thought about, not necessarily personalized to me, but they've thought about what the ICP is and they've thought about actually what industry, industry vertical that we're in. Yeah. Um, so you can see that they've tried to tailor the message a little bit. Um, but, you know, what everyone really appreciates is obviously something that's more personal to them. Mm. Um, so I'm a big, big fan of that. Okay. And something you've, uh, no, before I go on to that, how many calls do you get? We've spoken about email, video, LinkedIn. How many calls? Okay. So calls is interesting one. 
Um, so I actually don't have a voicemail on my phone um, just because I, I got rid of it a few years ago because it was adding to levels of stress and having to get back to people. Yeah. And, um, I remember speaking to one of the execs at, um, at LinkedIn and um, they, they, they said, look, you know, I, I don't have that. If it's important, the person will call back. Mm. Um, but what I have seen, so I do get calls coming through. Um, but, you know, if I look at my diary, you know, I'm often back to back in in meetings and in calls. Right. So. Um, I think think about the time that you're calling uh, if you're a busy sales leader you're probably mm. not going to have that much free time throughout the day because you're you know you're in those uh, in those zoom calls or you know if you're lucky you're actually going out and meeting with clients now but um but yeah so so think about the time of when you're when you're calling um big fan of calling before the day starts lunchtime maybe kind of like end of the day if you are going to make a call um, and one of the things that I would say is um, if you if you're calling someone and it's quite clear that they've red buttoned you because they're on a call, don't mm. call back five or six times while they're still on that call, because <laughs> that can be um, yeah a bit too persistent. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned about timing of calls and you mentioned like before lunch and then mm-hmm. in the evening. What time? What time is that? Because like I don't want to call someone and other SDRs don't want to call someone when it's technically a bit too earlier. So where would you say the boundary lies with calling in the morning and after work? Yeah, I think um, anything from probably about 8.30 um, is a bit more um, sociable. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, people are, you know, people, if people are getting children ready for school or they're, you know, they're trying to do something like that. I think 8.30 is a nice time. So 8.30 to 9 um, as a bit of a window, that sort of 12 till 2 o'clock time because, you know, people could be taking lunch at, at any time during mm-hmm. that. And then I think really like most after five, so the five till six o'clock, I think anything after six, um, you know, can come come across as being a little bit too invasive, really. So, um, so yeah, those those kind of like windows at the beginning, end of day and, uh, and during lunch. But if you are going to call someone. Yeah. And do you get many between those windows or is it, do you reckon people are thinking through this? No. I don't know I mean they tend to be during the day which is um which is crazy and like I say if I'm on a if I'm on a call um and I don't want to be distracted you know I'll tend to just kind of like you know red button and like click off um but like I say I've had a couple of examples where you know I understand that you you call you know it disconnects you might want to call again just in case but don't do it five or six times because like you know you're just (laughs) you're just because not many people do that Honestly, I was on, I was on a call the other day with our CEO, um, and I had a call come through, and this person just kept calling, and I was you know I was trying to think about my train of thoughts and what we were discussing, and oh. it can be really distracting. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I bet after this podcast has been published, you're going to get lots of calls between eight thirty and nine, twelve till two, and five till six, and that's and that's fine. Like you know, yeah. we're we're all in sales, right? I mean, yeah, you know, exactly, I'm a sales yeah. leader. I understand how it works um, and, um, you know, I, I'm always kind of like open and, uh, and, and friendly to these, uh, these calls, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, pick, pick your moments. Yeah. Obviously I'm talking to you because you're my persona sales, but obviously not every persona is, and this is why I love selling to sales because it's just more transparent. I can be like, look, you know, I'm trying to sell you something this is my research, this is my value, blah, 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 blah. But for other personas, I'm sure, obviously you have people within your company. Do you know how they like to be engaged with? Is it the same kind of multi-channel, show me, you know me, value prop, keeping it short? Is it the same for them? Or do you think this is just more of a sales thing being more accepting to outreach? 
Um, so in my previous company, um, uh, ACG, we were selling into the tech uh, vertical, right? So, um, but specifically tech personas. Um, and I would say a slightly different approach for that. So what we kind of saw was, um, yes, kind of like email, yes, on the channel, yes, video, um, but really kind of like thinking about um, detailing the, the, the value um, specific to them. Um, and again, like there's, there's a few kind of like nuances with it. Um, you know, think about what the technical benefits are of your platform that you're selling and how that's going to help them. So it's, it's really the point I'm trying to make is it's about, you know, really knowing your audience and knowing how they operate and what they care about. Um, that's really, that's really important. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes people think, oh, because they're a CTO and they're really technical that they maybe won't appreciate, uh, I don't know, a creative email and stuff like that. Mm. I think people are like almost like stereotype different yeah. personas and think, oh, they don't want a video because maybe they, uh, I don't know, like to do maths in the evening or something bizarre. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I'm glad you said that because it is so true that it, it, everyone always says to me, oh, but you sell to sales, but it is the same for yeah. most of the other personas as long as you're putting in that research and you're personalizing it mm. it is I want to go on to you talked about the value prop and you mentioned the four things how you like to be engaged with and you mentioned impact and outcome and I want to mm -hmm. dig into this a bit and I want to maybe put you on the spot so you can give an example of mm -hmm. what you mean by that because I think this is where people make mistakes they'll be like we work with IBM and Google and they'll mm -hmm. name the hugest companies and, and we help them a thousand times their pipeline and ROI and um, which obviously doesn't work because it's not relevant to your company mm. so how is it that you want someone to add in the impact and outcome when doing the value prop yeah so I, I would think about um talking through other companies of a similar size in nature um I'm, I love that sort of phrase of you know we're working with other companies similar size in nature and these are some of the um, outcomes that they've seen as a result of partnering with us um, that's a really nice way to, um, to, to get my attention, basically, and think about, you know, what, what are the things that are top of mind for a sales leader, if you're selling to sales is, you know, it's all about um, revenue, um, increasing revenues, making sure that you're, you know, you're looking after your team, growing the market, um, increasing close rates, you know, those are the sort of buzzwords that are going to get my attention um yeah. so you know think about what are those buzzwords and if, if you know if you're selling to someone that's outside of sales you know go and have a conversation internally with your cross-functional mm -hmm. partners go and talk to marketing and go and talk to product and talk to sales like if you're selling to those people invariably you're going to have those people within your organization anyway yeah. so go and talk to them um, and just say look you know what what you know what are the what are the messages that have really resonated with you when you've purchased something for our business? What was it that, you know, that stood out for you? Um, because, you know, you've got a wealth of knowledge and information in, 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 within your own business. So I think that can be really, really powerful. Yeah, this is something I started doing at my last company, more so at Sales Loft. But I, I don't know why we don't do it more. Also, Jason Bade said that there's a website, I think it's called seekingalpha.com, where... <laughs> It's large scale organizations. So it might be like a huge company and a CMO talking about her 2022 initiatives mm. and things like that and what they're struggling with and what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. Not like internally is like the easiest thing to use. Like you should be talking to your sales leaders about 
even like quarterly, like what's changed, what's shifted in their priorities, what are they caring about? But then also things like externally as well. Mm. I think people get scared of asking um, external people as well to mm. understand like, I'm not prospecting you. I'm trying mm. to educate myself on my role. Can I ask you a few questions about your priorities? Yeah. Um, and this is something that massively helped me at sales loft to better understand what the hell the sales people care about as well yeah, yeah. I love that and I, and I think um, just to build on, on what you said there you know there is so much information that you can find out about businesses mm. whether it's from their own website you know what are some of the the press releases that they've done um where are they currently in their in their journey right so it might be a, a note from the ceo um mm. it could be you know their, their annual report um, you know, you can find a lot of information on companies' house about uh, companies where they're perhaps not, um, you know, as, as large or, or listed. So um, there's, there's loads of information that you can find there. And it doesn't, you can sometimes go down rabbit holes, but if you mm. time yourself and say, right, okay, I'm going to spend five minutes researching this yeah. particular company, I'm going to find everything that I can about them. And then I'm going to, I'm going, I'm going to reach out. And, and, and again, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excellent, Tim. So big fan of social selling. Um, you know how can you leverage the network um, and what you can see uh, to um, to to basically get in front of those people and and get some some of their time. What do you mean leveraging the network? So um, like I mean you know obviously I mean connecting with people for a start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if you've got someone within your business that's connected to someone within their business, you know can you ask for that warm introduction? Um, you know if there's if there's some thought leadership as well. I'm you know I've, I, I talk about adding value and that's not just you know kind of like sending content but like really kind of like thinking about what's top of mind for them um and being super super prescriptive about i think this could help you with x um so i think that's a really nice thing to do as well let's pretend Mm -hmm. i'm new to a company i'm maybe a bit hesitant about let's say we sell to ctos i'm maybe hesitant reaching out to our cto internally Mm -hmm. to then ask for an introduction to someone they're connected Mm -hmm. to how would you advise an SDR to go about that Mm -hmm. and what message would you be asking the CTO to be adding into the prospect? Um, So again I would make it very tailored so if you're asking someone internally within the business to um, forward something on one of the things that um, that I've seen work really really well uh, here so one of my colleagues one of my North American colleagues was looking to get into a particular company that individual uh, that they were looking to prospect into um, I used to work with a previous company and they could see the, the, the connection there and they just moved to a, a new business. So with a, you know, a new role comes new opportunity. Obviously, you're evaluating everything that's gone before. Um, so it was a perfect timing. And what that person did was they um, sent me over a really nice short video that just talked about some of the areas of opportunity um, for this business if they were to, if, if they were to partner with Vidyard. Um, and it was really, really nicely put together. And it was something that was all packaged for me to forward on to that individual. Um, so what happened was that message was sent to me, nice short video. Um, these are these are some of the things I think we can help with. And almost did like a bit of an audit on their business, which was quite nice. Um, and then sent, I, I sent that, forwarded that on to my contact, which I was more than happy to do. And I was, you know, I, I said, Oh, my colleague, I was talking to my colleague about um, about your business. I understand that he's um, he's been he's been speaking with a few of your colleagues, but, you know, I just wanted to, to connect the dots here. Um, and there was a really, really good response. And we've um, you know, we've uh, yeah, we're working with that company. So those are the sort of things that yeah. really help. 
think thinking outside the box yeah you have your daily KPIs most companies have to hit but the easiest way to book a meeting with someone is probably when someone in your leadership team actually has worked with them or knows of them as well so referrals is something I just don't think is utilized like nearly enough I have one more question for you before I uh, let you go off and probably eat your dinner um (laughs) I want to know what you think the future of prospecting looks like good question good question um I think the future of prospecting um will continue to be um personalized I think it will um I think video is going to play a massive part of that of course um we're already seeing that um that today right and we've seen the success of it so I think that's going to be a big piece um and I think it's about you know making sure that you're getting the timing right because a lot of people uh, don't necessarily, um, you know, think about, well, actually, when's the right time for us to connect mm-hmm. on this? Um, you know, and they don't ask those questions or actually, am I talking to the right person? I've seen recently, actually, something quite nice that's come in that I haven't seen um, previously. But people, you know, actually saying, look, if this is not your area, because what often happens is I'll get something and I like, I'm like, OK, that's that's marketing. That's not me. Or that's kind of like, you know, that software. That's not me. Um, and it's it's something that's not within my flywheel. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually saying something like, look, you know, I appreciate this is probably not um, under your remit, um, but I think this could help your your area of the business. So I'd love an introduction to the right person. And that, I think, is a really nice way to get me to forward that on to someone internally. Um, so I, yeah, I'd like to see I've, I've seen more of that and I'd like to see more of that in the future. I think with SDRs, the the want is to book meetings quickly, right? Have targets, want to book meetings quickly. But Mm. we forget that actually just taking a step back and making sure, is this person the right qualified person I want to speak to? Is it the right area for them? Is it the wrong timing? Mm. It's almost like a desperation to book the meeting so this stuff is forgotten about. But as soon as you start thinking about it from the customer point of view and being like, this might be completely not in your area but please let me know or maybe timing's way off as soon as you start doing that you start Mm. actually building more opportunities because you'll be connected with these people in a positive way and they'll eventually come back to you when the timing is right or refer you on like you said so yeah I think it's it's funny because you know I've seen um I've seen people where, well, interestingly, the the people that have often been at the top of the leaderboard when it comes to to SDR and BDR um, uh, roles of the companies that I've worked with tend to be the ones who are more thoughtful and a bit more prepared and do a bit more research and, you know, personalise and use video, for example. Um, That being said, you know, I know that there is a whole, you know, kind of area of of sales where a lot of people, they think it's a numbers game and they will just, you know, keep plowing through as much as they as they possibly can and I think you know you can have both you can still do things at scale but still be personalized um so you know think about um you know what is the what is the impression that you're giving to the client and I think about it as kind of good business so if you're you know you're you're the the first person that's actually speaking with that that client that you're you're the first interaction right Mm -hmm. so I think you know if you want you want to really represent your business in the best way um, and by being thoughtful and by being um, personalized and, and doing something a little bit different and being human, like, yeah. you know, I think that's so important. Then that's what, you know, that's what I think, um, you know, sets up the conversation for some really good, good business. Good deal. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I hope to think that personalization 
is the way forward as well as video. Like I probably book a crazy amount of my meetings from video. It's my first step in my cadence and I use it throughout my, my entire cadence. So if people aren't using video, Vidyard has a, a free version, which you can download immediately. Mm-hmm. And I would just recommend to anyone to be using it because like I said, we put so many of our meetings from it. So it's just yeah. a, a great tool to have in place. But thanks Rebecca for joining me on this episode and thanks everyone for listening. See you next time.